guys, welcome to the Slash Report. I'm Prue, and I'm joined for the first time in a long time by my partner in crime, MK. Hello. Hi, I missed you dearly. So much, so much. So much. Distance couldn't keep us apart. <laughs> uh, undomesticated equins could not, whatever. Keep us apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Beautiful. Business. Lovely. All right. So but what brings us together on this fine day? Finally, after a series of episodes where we were like, lol, no, to one another's topics. <laughs> <laughs> um, How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is extra amazing because you basically hate dragons, but both of us love the first movie. I do. I do hate dragons. Yeah, it's because you don't have a soul. Well, it's exacerbated by the fact that like um, a lot of times people write psychic dragons and, like, soul bond dragons. And I know that you're, like, touching your clitoris right now as I mention <laughs> these things because they're your favorite. Yeah. But they're, like, the anti-boner for me. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> hate them forever. But we did agree that we loved the first How I, um, How to Train Your Dragon. Did I you almost say How I Met Your Dragon? How I Met Your Dragon. Lovely. <laughs> Creepy interspecies love. Great. Um, but before we get going on this, we have to say that this is going to be a really spoiler-heavy episode, so if you haven't seen the movie yet and don't want to be spoiled, this would be the time to, like, hit the pause button and wait until you've had an opportunity to see the film yourself. Though, I'm going to say I recommend you see that at the Cheap Theater or on Tuesday. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. Like, um, before you do bail... I personally would not recommend this film. Like, I would, like, wait until it comes out on Netflix, or you can, like, watch it on Amazon, like, free streaming or something. Like, I paid 16 bucks to go see it in New York, and I, like, don't, I, like, want that money back. <laughs> I paid $7, and I think that might have been too many dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's get into the meat of this. Um, MK, do you want to set the scene for, like, where we open the film? Yeah, I think we have to do a brief mini recap of what happened in the first movie just because it's probably been a while yeah and some of you who are crazy might not have seen it but you should definitely watch the first one it's amazing yes so in the first how to train your dragon we open on a viking village that is frequently attacked by dragons who keep stealing and eating their sheep and you know killing people yeah occasionally killing people but to be fair the people are killing them too it's like an all-out battle all the time Scottish Vikings, whatever. Um, yes. And there's a kid in the village named Hiccup who's hella skinny and really small and played by Jay Baruchel, uh, who is like, I might not be strong and I might not be tough, but I'm smart and I can build a machine that will help us, like, take down dragons. And the most dangerous type of dragon is called the Night Fury. And when the movie opens, he shoots one down out of the sky and nobody believes him because he's basically the boy who called wolf or cried wolf and he's a big loser and his dad is the chief of the village, who's like a giant, massive <laughs> meatball of a man. But he's delightful. Like, I love Hiccup's father. I loved him in the first movie. I loved what? him in the second movie. Um, so Worst father. Right. Pardon? He's the worst father. I hate him so much. He makes oh me cry every time I watch the fucking first movie. No, he's delightful. Oh. He's a character. But, um... The the thing that happens then is he does create a machine to shoot down the dragons, which he tries to convince people to use whenever they're attacked. But generally speaking, his machines tend to cause more chaos than help. Yeah. So he decides to go out on his own and, like, kill a dragon. 
thereby earning his father's love and his village's respect. And what do you know? He actually succeeds. He knocks a dragon out of the sky, one that he's never seen before, which we find out later is the night theory. He goes up to it and it's alive and he needs to kill it in order to like prove that he's a dragon killer and he cannot do it. He like holds up the knife and he's going to do it. And the dragon just kind of like rolls over and is like, like basically I give up. And he realizes that the dragon is just as scared as he is. And so instead he like cuts it free of the ropes and like lets it free in the forest and basically goes home sad. Yes, and feels like a loser. But, I mean, as you can tell from, like, the whole premise of this film franchise, he and the dragon, who he eventually names Toothless because it has retractable teeth, um, become best friends and interdependent because he's damaged Toothless's rudder fins, I guess. So he builds him some technology to fix it. But the only way the two of them can fly is together. And their friendship is awesome and great and so lovely Um, and I remember in the first film, I came out of it with that same swooping, soaring feeling that I get after I leave Miyazaki movies with flying. Like, because the flight sequences were so stunning and they were lovely. And then just, just the whole movie is like a, is like a little gem of a film, right? It's like really heartwarming and touching. And like everyone who has seen this movie that I know of loves it, no matter what. Who isn't like a fucking monster, right? Like, yeah. Sure, there's someone who doesn't like it, but that person wrote that mean review in between punching, like, kittens in the face. Basically. So the I point is... kittens in the face. The point is that Hiccup, by, like, making friends with this dragon, etc., basically converts his whole village into a village of dragon-riding Vikings who, like, live in peace with dragons and are having a great time. hmm And then the second movie opens. <laughs> Fast forward five years. Fast forward five years. Hiccup grew up and he is much more attractive now. We um, can't talk about the relative hotness of cartoon characters because it made me feel wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But he does look a lot better. Yeah. Um, no, he, he, that boy grew up fine. Yeah, he grew up real fine through the power of animation. Yes. Um, he has a girlfriend. Yeah, he, loved it. <laughs> yeah. He, he has like a sweet dragon. Um, and his dad wants him to basically take over the title of chieftain of their village. And he's like, that is the worst idea. I would be an awful chieftain. All I want to do all day is like explore the world on my dragon and like make maps of where other stuff is and learn more about dragons. Which is absolutely fine. And when I started watching this film, I thought that that was going to be the setup and the payoff. You know what I mean? Like I really genuinely thought that like, Oh, okay. I see where this movie is going. And I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong as well. All of, Okay, so I went with two friends and we were sitting there. And as he's talking about how he, like, can't be chieftain because it's just not in him, to his amazing girlfriend, who is a born natural leader, mm-hmm. we're all, like, gesturing furiously at the screen, like, look at your girlfriend. Just marry her and she'll become chief and she would be amazing. Yeah. Astrid, is- fantastic. Right, which is what I genuinely thought was going to happen in this movie. So, like, before we even get into what actually happens, what I thought was going to happen in this movie was that um, the central struggle was going to be that they were going to face some larger foe that threatened both um, the village of Burke as well as their dragons. Mm -hmm. And Hiccup would struggle to try and be the chief that he thinks his father wants him to be or want, like, whatever. Realize that's not his purpose and place recognize that Astrid is like an amazing chief and that both of them can pursue their dreams and be the people that they want to be if they like 
shed the presumption that they have to be a certain way. Yeah. And then Astrid would be the chief of Burke. And then Hiccup would be like her husband, but also um, keep adventuring with Toothless and making maps. And it would be fantastic. That's honestly what I thought was going to happen in this fucking movie. Me too. And that's like super valuable skill set that the village could really use. Like that is a good use of his time. You know, like he's kind of an expert in this field. He could continue to learn and like guide his village in that field while Astrid made like decisions about how to feed people and defend the island and shit, right? Yeah, because let's, okay, but Hiccup is not good at that stuff. He's super not good at that stuff. And can I say like, there's that opening scene where they're doing like, it's like dragon riding games where they have to like essentially get the most sheep or the most points with sheep by like catching sheep and throwing them into bins. Mm-hmm. And this is the event that, like, Hiccup's dad really wants him to be at and show off how great he is at, like, dragon riding games. And Astrid is, like, blowing everyone out of the water. And you're like, like Astrid. Not even there. Right? You're like, Astrid is the son you've always wanted. And she's going to marry your son. Like, literally just pass the helmet to her. Yeah. Uh, even halfway through the movie, I was like, maybe it won't be Astrid. Maybe it will be the other female character who is introduced in this film. Well, no. I always hoped that it would be Astrid because it doesn't make any sense if it was anybody else. Like, I basically thought that it was going to come down to, like, the end and, like, uh, like uh, Hiccup was going to have to have some, like, wrenching conversation with his father. Like, I'll do this if you want me to. And then his dad is like, I've changed my mind. You hate this and you would be terrible at it. I'm an idiot. I just somehow presume that because you were going to end up marrying Astrid... Um, you guys would rule together when there's a much simpler answer and like then let her be chief and then like he's so happy and everyone's so happy and then I'm so happy and that's not the way it happened. That is not the way it happened. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. While they're out, like Astrid and Hiccup are exploring the world, whatever, they see some crazy new island that is covered in giant ice projectile type things. And they Which go to it was so beautiful. Like it's stunning. This they did a great job. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to find or explore this island, whatever, and it turns out to be full of people who kidnap dragons for some kind of dragon warlord who is apparently trying to take over the world with dragons. Yeah. Yeah. And they think that Hiccup and Astrid are apparently this one person who has been sabotaging their efforts, Uh, which is dumb (laughs) because they're two children. Yes. Do they get yes. away? They're 20, but they're children. They're 20, but yeah, they're like visibly children compared to everyone else in this movie. Yeah, also, I mean, like, I know that, like, Hiccup is supposed to look much more competent now, but, like, the waves of, like, the thing that's wrong with you is all of you is still, like, still emanate off of him, right? Mm. Like, in case you're, like, 14 and, like, listening to this podcast and really looking forward to the day you're not, like, a dork anymore, like... It doesn't Here's, come. like, crushing news. That never goes away. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a thing you get to carry with you forever. You just have to, like, learn how to, like, recast it, slap some fucking lipstick and control-top pantyhose on it, and, like, roll on with your life. And, like, Hiccup is still, like, a raging dork. Well, it doesn't help that he's voiced by Jay Baruchel, who, like, I love, but his voice just emanates, like, I'm an awkward 14-year-old forever. Yes. Okay, but the point is, they go back to Burke, their home island, and, um... They try to tell Hiccup's dad about this, and Hiccup's dad is, like, not listening to it at all until they mention the name of the crazy dragon warlord, 
who apparently Hiccup's dad knows because he once burned every Viking chieftain alive, except for Hiccup's dad. Survive. Yes. yes, he's the lone survivor. And he's like, we have to prepare the island for war. Everybody is going to stay inside. All the dragons are going to stay out inside. And all we're going to do is, like, defend ourselves against the oncoming horde. Yeah. Well, here's here's the point at which, like, there's, like, adult. There's adult crew. And then there's, like, storyteller crew. Mm-hmm. Adult crew at this point was like, fuck this fucking story. Because... Adult crew and storyteller crew go hand in hand at this point. So, why the fuck are you running out to, like, negotiate? Have you ever done it before? He hasn't. I know that he, like, mastered the dragons or whatever. From what I can tell, Burke practices no diplomacy. It has no relationship with other Viking islands. It is a miserable little fucking rock. It exists alone. He does not know what the fuck he is talking about. He has never fought in a war. He found a group of animals that were deeply misunderstood, convinced people to stop being cruel to them, and everyone was happy for that. That is a very different prospect than changing the mind of a bloodthirsty warrior. That's number one. Okay. So, like, what the hell do you think you're doing, Hiccup? From a narrative standpoint, I understand why they needed to forward the plot. But the giant hole that, like, no one is, like looking at considering or whatever which is tough because you're about to fall into it face first is that at this point in the story despite the fact that they've had that weird interaction nobody knows where they come from really nobody knows like what's happening so if they had just like kept their fucking trap shut (laughs) the guy never would have found them well he might have found them but like 20 years from now right um, and what we skipped over here is basically that Hiccup tells his dad, I'm going to go talk this guy out of being a crazy warlord. We can totally be pals. And his dad is like, bitch, you cray. <laughs> That's what happened. I would pay a lot of money to listen to Stoic say, bitch, you cray. <laughs> Stoic the vast. Oh, he's delightful. Good Continue. Times. So, Hiccup goes out into, like, the wilderness... With his dragon out into, like, over the oceans, flying out there looking for dragons and shit to, like, see if he can do some diplomacy. Yes. And he runs into the, like, dragon kidnapping pirate people. Yes. Dragon pirates. Let's just call them dragon pirates. Yeah. Um, who are like, yeah, we're just gonna kidnap you and your dragon, because that's a pretty sweet dragon, and we will take you to our warlord master, because otherwise he'll kill us. Um, and Hiccup is like, cool. I am on board with that because when I get there, I am going to talk some diplomacy. And, you know, he's a big dumbass. Yep. Um, At which point, his father and, like, half of his island show up to rescue him from these pirates. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a really stupid fight between, like, Hiccup, his dad, and the pirates. (laughs) Do they kidnap the, the lead pirate at this point? No, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think we need to go too deeply into the story because, like, if you're listening to this, you probably, you, like, remember the plot. But I think it's really telling at this point that, like, we're maybe 20 minutes into the film and it's already lost narrative coherency, right? It's already done. We don't really, like, I'm sort of confused at this point as to, like, oh, yeah, what, like, what order did this stuff happen in? Which is bad because I saw this movie last night. Yeah. And, like, I didn't, and it's not like I saw it and then, like, went out and got blazed. I did not, for once in my life, watch a movie and then go out and get blazed. Like, I came home, 
like took a shower, did my nails and then went to bed at a reasonable hour. Like, I just don't remember anything. I don't remember what the pirate's name is. I don't remember what the villain's name is. I just remember that he looked like the, he looked like the Hun from Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like Genghis Khan or Chinggis Khan is the correct pronunciation of his name. And I was like, you stole Mulan's character designs, except he had dreads and therefore like, how did that happen? Whatever. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. I, I think for me, the two biggest pro- like, and to just put it out on the table, I did not like this movie, right? Like, when I came home, I think, what did I text you? I was like, that movie was actually kind of garbage. Well, I think uh, I texted you to tell you that you should see the movie, and hold on, I'm going to pull this up, because our exchange, I think, is pretty amazing. I texted you, I have very mixed feelings about How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Wait. It gets better. And then you were like, I guess we'll see what that means. And I was like, yeah. And when did you saw it? Like last night? You were right. That movie is so weird. I can't tell how I feel about it. Yep. Um, overall, I thought it was kind of a garbage movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is like the best possible review you could give this movie. It was kind of a garbage movie. So the point is, Hiccup goes out, um, winds up separated, whatever. And while he is flying around on his awesome dragon, is sort of attacked by a crazy dragon rider who, like, doesn't wear a saddle and can just, like, walk all over dragons and do some crazy shit with a weird stick, um, who, like, kidnaps him and his dragon, like, separately, half drowns them, whatever. And then once this person has him in, like, a cave, is like, oh my god, takes off the mask. You're my son, who I haven't seen since he was an infant, but I recognize you based on the tiny scar on your chin that my dragon gave you. And well, he, you know, MK, as as the dialogue so lovingly hangs a lantern on, a mother always knows. That was like, that line comes before they explain the scar thing, and you're like, sorry, like, literally Paul leaned over and was like, did she recognize him by the stubble he didn't have as an infant? <laughs> Was, I saw the scar. I figured it was probably the scar, but I was still calling bullshit. We were also, in a tiny theater. I have to so say, that, like, this is a good part to talk about, like, the whole uncomfortable element of this film. We're, like, trying to do... This movie is way more emotionally comp... Or attempts to be way more emotionally complex um, and layered than the original How to Train Your Dragon. And I feel like what we've learned in this is that... You have to be Pixar in order to do emotional complexity in an animated film because, holy Jesus fuck, some of those scenes were so uncomfortable. Incredibly like, uncomfortable, so right? So uncomfortable. So, like, the first scene where I recognized this was happening was in the opening with Hiccup and Astrid, who is um, a, the awesome Viking and his girlfriend, on the island together. They tried to make it look like they had this like lovely patter and intimacy and like physical comfort with each other and it felt like like the fan fiction that you write when you're 14 right and it was just really awkward patter instead and everything was like a little over the top and like it's because you (laughs) because of the 
animated nature of it, you can't do the more subtle stuff that two fairly talented actors could sort of like imbue a scene like that with, right? I feel like they would just need better, like better animation and maybe motion capture and I better like, writing. Yeah, it would need to like hire really good actors and then motion capture it. They couldn't even hire stage actors because that would be too big. Okay, but here's this. the thing. Hiccup's yeah. mom is paid, played by Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Which, like, she's amazing. And in this movie, I was like, who is this lady? She's awful. Well, here's the problem, right? Like, as Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright have observed on the Hot Fuzz DVD commentary, Great. which I've listened to per annum, like, seven times, um, <laughs> so much of Kate Blanchett's amazing <laughs> acting is in her eyes, actually. I'm not making this up. If you listen to the DVD commentary, she is in that film in an uncredited role. Of course. And they actually do make this comment. But instead, what you have is, in their attempt to, like, render, like, this sort of, like, touching maternal intimacy with her son, instead, because they're, like, animated and you can't read those cues, it looks like she's perving on him, right? What? It was so creepy. I was like, dude, you cannot marry your mom. You're pretty much engaged to Astrid, and trust me, that's a better situation for you. Yeah, because... Not marrying your mom's reasoning is primarily related to you being engaged to someone else. Well, it's this movie, so (laughs) (laughs) I think that's reasonable. The point is, Hiccup's mom is, like, the greatest dragon person of all time because she knows fucking everything about dragons because um, when she used to be, like, when he was an infant, she was like, guys, I think we should try to make peace with dragons. I doubt that they're attacking us for, like, you know, because they hate us. And everyone was like, you're crazy, what the fuck lady uh so you know she left burke on a dragon back and let everyone think that she had been murdered well a dragon kidnaps her and she doesn't come back well she's happier alone pardon she's happier like with the dragons and alone than she was on that stupid viking island uh yeah but I mean, like it, it's a nonsensical plot. Yeah. So they become like they become like besties. They're like his father shows up. They like reconcile. Whatever. No. And then they're all planning on going back to Burke. You have to talk about the Alpha Dragon briefly. Oh my God. Okay. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. But of all of the crazy dragons, okay. So you have like your like regular span of different sized dragons. You have baby dragons who key plot point don't listen to anyone. Yep. Which is dumb. Um, and then you have the alpha dragon, which is like the size of a condo building (laughs) and apparently mind controls all other dragons by being alpha. That's literally like the whole, they're like, that dragon is cool. It's special. That's it. That's the whole thing. Except for baby dragons who, as we said, don't listen to anyone. So they go back to Burke. Shit is happening. They have to fight that stupid pirate dude who, as it turns out, also- no, the, the warlord. dude is now on their side. Right. Um, they have to fight the evil warlord that is enslaving the dragons. And evil warlord also has an alpha dragon. Under his control. This is the part at which I was like, how? Pardon the fuck out of me, sir. How? Like, never gets explained. No. Never, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, how does he control an alpha dragon? There's if literally- everyone... How? How? And his whole methodology, by the way, of controlling the Alpha Dragon, 
I shit you not, involves taking a stick and waving it in a circular pattern and yelling. Okay, this is one of those things where, like, his mom had that weird stick, too, and she would wave it around and yell, and it seemed to do something. And I'm like, if you're going to write in this stick bullshit, you need to explain it. Because you can't just tell us that, like, waving a rain stick, because that's what it sounds and looks like. <laughs> Waving a rain stick is how you control dragons. All dragons, even alpha dragons, apparently. Bullshit. It just doesn't, like, this movie was plotted so poorly that, like, uh, the fact that it was animated absolutely exquisitely, um, like, every single frame of that movie, aside from the battle scenes, which were just a riot, and, like, I could not keep track of what was happening. No, that was bullshit. And I didn't see this in 3D either. No, I didn't see it in 3D, and, like, okay, I know we've been talking about how much we hate this movie. How to Train Your Dragon, the first one, is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And then to go to this and be like, I hate everything about this movie. Was a real disappointment. Yeah. So the point is, they're having this big stupid battle. Hiccup's mom, who has been the most badass of badasses this entire time. Suddenly forgets how to do all things dragon, really. All things, period. Like, she, like, fights that dude for two seconds, and he immediately knocks her out, and, like, Hiccup and his dad have to save her, which is bullshit. And she just doesn't do anything for the rest of the fight, at which point the stupid dragon warlord dude makes his alpha dragon kill the other alpha, which, like, there's no blood on the tusks, but we're just supposed to accept by that, like, headbutting him in the side, you have killed him. Well, I think the implication is that the other alpha dragon was gored to death, and the reason they didn't show any blood was because they wanted to keep their PG rating. I guess, but it was, like, they probably could have found a more effective way to do this, like, pushing it off a cliff or something, because it just looked really dumb when it pulls the horns back and there's nothing. I think children know that, like, blood exists. Sorry. Oh, no, they do, but this is, like, the film boards, right? Which make no sense. Anyways, yeah. Anyways. the more relevant point is, the point. after the other alpha dragon is dead, the bad alpha dragon, which is a black dragon, Obviously. and the good alpha dragon, the white dragon, is dead now. Then the alpha dragon is instructed by, like, Chinggis Khan to hypnotize, <laughs> to hypnotize Toothless and murder Hiccup. And Hiccup's father throws himself into the path of destruction, rescues Hiccup from certain death, dies. Um, Hiccup, like, send, like, I don't know, is really mad at Toothless for a while. Whatever. The whole point, like, the fucking movie ends with, like, them winning, obviously. Uh, Toothless becoming the new alpha dragon. No, hold on. You're skipping over this a little too hard. Because there's nothing that happens worth talking about. No, there's something worth talking about because it's dumb. Okay. We can okay. highlight some dumbness here. So one, Hiccup's dad is murdered by Toothless while Toothless is being mind-controlled, which is bullshit. Um, Hiccup is mad at Toothless and basically tells him to get the fuck out because he murdered his dad, which is also dumb because literally he was mind-controlled, at which point Chinggis Khan steals Toothless and, like, leaves with his dragon army. <laughs> okay. And they do a Viking burial of Hiccup's dad, and Hiccup is like, I can't be cheap. Oh, God, that's right, I struck this part from my memory. Yeah, for good reason. So they do the stupid Viking funeral, and Hiccup is, like, looking out at the sunrise or something, being real emo, which, like, I guess your dad died, but literally I hate that dude. Um, and he's like, I can't be chief, I'm not built for this. And his mom, this is apparently her entire purpose in this movie, is like, yes, you can. You're a hero. And then he goes to become chief. And, like, just with the power of, I guess, 
being toothless. Toothless becomes the alpha by, like, alpha-itizing. Like, literally, there's no explanation. It's just, like, he sure is the best. Well, like, okay, so there's a point at which, like, Toothless um, gets his mind back, and him and Hiccup get encased in ice by the bad alpha dragon. Oh, that is a cool moment. Well, it was cool visually, because what happens is everyone thinks he's momentarily dead. It's kind of sad. Um, Kay Blanchett tries to act sadness, but without having access to her actual eyes. Um, And you see a blue glow coming from inside the ice, and it blows the fuck up. And the next time you see Toothless, like, he has, like, a blue glow. And I literally whispered under my breath, like, it's Raichu. (laughs) Fucking leveled up, like, Pokemon style. I was looking at this, and I was like, I can't tell if this is, like, a Pokemon evolution, or if this is just, like, in a Final Fantasy game where you have, like, your overdrive. Because, um, like... This is, like, a Pokemon evolution, because he stays blue. Do you know what I mean? Like, even post, like... He's Battle, like, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, and it's dumb, and suffice to say, like, Toothless has evolved into Toothful, or something. Like, it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's real dumb. Um, and, but then, like, at the end, like, the whole movie, like, yay, closes out with them fixing Burke, and the dragons are back, everyone is happy, they're doing that stupid sheep racing game again, and Toothless is chief. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Because it com- you're right. Because one comment that you made about the film before I saw it, you were like, it just reverts you back to the first movie. Like, as, it's as if the movies never happened. And it's totally true. Because the way, the thing I took away from the first movie, right, like the story that they wanted to tell was that just because you are not what people expect you to be or want you to be doesn't mean that you are not valuable and smart and talented, right? Exactly. Like you can be different. You can be yourself and still be great. And the setup of the second movie is that he's like, you know, I'm not supposed to be, like, they want me to be chief, but that's not who I am. And so the point of the movie should be, you don't have to be chief. Someone else can be, and you can still have value. And instead they're like, this movie only makes sense if Hiccup is chief and Toothless becomes alpha of all dragons. Yeah, it's also really ridiculous because, like, Hiccup is not, like, a drag. like, sorry, Toothless is not, like, a dragon alpha, right? Like, Toothless is, like, a dumb cat. Like, Toothless is, like, a dumb dog cat. He's dangerous if you hurt his friends, and that's it. He's, like, a dumb dog cat otherwise. Like, such a cuddle slut, so ridiculous, not, like, any sort of alpha of any kind. And Hiccup goes the same, like... He doesn't have time to, like, do his adventures anymore because he's busy, like, building a village. And maybe there's a lesson there to be told about, like, how everybody has to put away their childish toys and grow up. But this is DreamWorks. Your mission is not to, like, crush my heart under the labor of, like, me about to turn 30 and, like, everyone has to be an adult eventually. You're supposed to, like, remind every kid that there's, like, like, a third pack, right? Like... You don't have to do it the way that everyone thinks you have to do it. And it's also so extra ridiculous because even from the first film, they've always set it up that Astrid was the greatest Viking on Burke. Like, right? Why would you give the the chieftainhood to Hiccup, especially since it doesn't seem to be a hereditary thing? If this is not like a thing where he inherits it because of his father, why the fuck would you give it to this kid? Give it to Astrid. Everyone agrees she's the greatest Viking on Burke. And Astrid, like, I mean, it's not said explicitly, but, like, everything about her character indicates that she should want to be chief. 
Whereas everything about Hiccup's character is like, he should be like her scientist trophy husband. And uh, I just, okay, so we know so much about Astrid and how amazing she is from the first movie. And in the second movie, she's like almost instantly negated. She's useless. She's like a damsel for half the movie, like in distress, literally. And then his mom is introduced and she's the greatest dragon knowledge person of all time. And she's like reduced to, I can't fight. I don't know dragons. Hiccup, you better become chief. Which leads me into, okay, um, one of, we tweeted on the Female Gaze podcast about, we were looking for, if you want to know anything about feminism and fandom, whatever, if you wanted to talk about something. And somebody sent us a link to what I thought was a really interesting article about um, how the industry is currently doing strong female characters wrong. And the first item on the list, the first uh, person was Hiccup's mom, who, like, I don't even know her name. That's how unimportant um, she is. I think it's Valka, but sure. I only know that because I sat through part of the credits looking for my iPhone in my bag. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but do you see, like, it's not relevant. She's not important to the film the way that she should be. But what the article says is that originally when they were working on this movie, she was supposed to be the villain. And then I guess they decided to scrap that idea and introduce this other villain, which might explain why, like, Genghis Khan is so shallow feeling. He's, like, kind of Bucky Barnes on you know, I have to say that, uh, bite your tongue, Bucky Barnes is far better as a villain, and he's not even really a villain. I that actually does explain it. He was originally supposed to be the villain. It makes a lot more sense, because when I first... Um, when we were in the theater watching this, and she appears as the dragon rider with all I the dragons, she was like, the bad guy. Her. I definitely thought that she was the bad guy, yeah. right? Because, like, she controls all the dragons. Oh my god. But maybe, like, the whole concept of her enslaving dragons has been misunderstood. Maybe she's collecting the dragons, but she's not actually, like, being mean to them or anything. I feel like um, she could have been a villain where the plot is, like, she believes the dragons should live free of human control or whatever. So she, like, rescues them from people and keeps them, like, away from them. And that maybe she would be against the the ideals of Burke, where, like, dragons and humans live together and we basically use dragons like pets or farm animals. And I'm like, I could totally see her yeah, being like, is- this is my vigilante cause. But that's not what yeah, happened. Yeah, which is completely legit. Like, not being- I would have been much more happy with that version of her because as she was, she seemed like such a tremendously weak-willed character. Like, you fled because you didn't want to fight your people about fighting dragons. You abandoned, like, anyone who abandons a kid is instantly, like, on my shit list forever. Like, you left your son, like, you let your kid grow up thinking that his mother was dead. Fuck you. Like, I don't, like, fuck you. Um, and then, and then what, like, after you felt strongly enough about this to, like, abandon your kid and your husband, let them think you were dead for 20 years, and now suddenly they're back, you sing one song, and you're ready to go back. And it's just like, this is garbage. This is really, really bad. If I was in a writing workshop with you, honey, you and I would be having some fun times with a red pen right now. Okay, can I also say that singing business was really fucking weird because there's no other singing in this movie and there's no singing in the first movie and it's not a good song. Like, it's not catchy. It's not memorable. It's actually, I was like, I don't care about your shitty love story. And then whatever, Hiccup's dad dies anyway, so... (laughs) 
was the point just to be like, we're super in love, and then you're dead, and nobody really mourned you. Like, it was like two seconds of mourning, and then they had moved on with their lives. I don't get it. <laughs> Neither do I. Good. Neither do I. There's so much rage for this movie. It's so dumb. I know. And, like, the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. Yeah. It was, um... Like, I saw it on a Friday night, and that's all my friends and I talked about for the whole evening. We just kept being like, hey, this food is really great. That movie was awful! I had such hopes. I know. I know. So did I. Like, I was really looking forward to this. And then, like, I came out of that theater, and I was like, this is, like, one of the more regretful films I've seen this year. I mean, like, nothing, it's, like, nothing on the caliber of, like, Spider-Man 2, because, like, that movie was just, like, actually fucking terrible across the board whereas this one was just tremendously disappointing on every level but like i didn't expect spider-man 2 to be good whereas i really expected this one to be good i just want to know like what the fuck happened right because like i feel like all the art like i feel like the artists stayed but i don't think that like the story people stayed because it feels like two completely different philosophical schools wrote these two films they're pretty much unrelated. Like, if, I would say that How to Train Your Dragon 1 is a great movie that was written by some great people. Awesome. Keep it as is. And this is like if somebody wrote a terrible fanfic of, like, what they thought happened five years later. But, like, not anyone who is good at writing fanfiction and it would get, like, two hits on AO3. <laughs> like, just, it's not good. It's not good at all. Did you ever see the How to Train Your Dragon Christmas special? Uh, no, actually. I haven't downloaded some of it. I don't think I ever got around to watching it. You should definitely watch it. It is, I would say, somewhere between these two movies. Okay. Hmm. Um, like, it's not amazing. I really like it, and I will watch it every Christmas. But, uh, it has some similar problems to the second movie. Uh, so, the premise is that it's, like, their Yule celebration or whatever. And Astrid who is completely out of character for the entire Christmas special, um, really wants to do something special for the village. Um, And she decides, like, they're going to have to give everyone a present or something, and it's going to be great. Um, And very early on, all of the dragons in town... Oh, wait, wait. Hiccup gives Toothless a gift of, like, a tail extension thing that he can control on his own without flying with Hiccup. So that he can, like, fly away. And Toothless is not into it, except that all of a sudden every fucking dragon in the village leaves. All of them just, like, pick up and fly away together in the middle of the night. And nobody knows why. Nobody knows where they went. They're just fucking gone. Um, except for... (laughs) Okay. Who's the the D&D kid in their group? He's the greatest. Oh, I know. I, I adore him, and I don't remember his name. Anyway, so he has locked his dragon up in a barn and hasn't told anyone that his dragon is still around. Right. He's, like, stealing food for her and, like, being crazy. He doesn't know it's a girl either. Until they figure out that, like, all this food is going and it's weird and they go into the barn and, lo and behold, his dragon is giving birth to eggs. (laughs) And Astrid is like, holy shit, these eggs are the greatest thing ever. This is going to be the gift that we give everyone. And so they start, like, putting bows around eggs and leaving them in everybody's houses and in, like, strategic locations, almost like an Easter egg hunt, but, like, so that everyone will have a cool egg when they wake up on, like, Yule morning. Except that dragons hatch by exploding out of their eggs. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, they weren't expecting that. Anyways, Hiccup steals this, like, one dragon, manages to find the island where every other dragon is apparently having breeding season and just, like, laying eggs all over the place. He is like, shit, these eggs explode. He goes back. He, like, the, the village is half destroyed. Merry Christmas. Um, and then everyone is happy again in the end. Like, literally, that's the plot of it. And it's dumb, but I like it anyway. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But you can see this is a thing where it was, like, definitely not written by the people who wrote the first movie. Yeah. The characters are all pretty shallow, and, like, Astrid is literally a weird, totally different person. Yeah, because, like, even when you started to describe that, I was like, in what fucking universe does Astrid give a fuck about making sure everyone has a Yule present? Like, Right? And she's, like, a stereotypical Hollywood girlfriend in this movie, or in this Christmas special, by the way. Yeah, because I was like, it's Astrid. Like, she'll make sure dragons don't eat your face, or you don't, like, die through some embarrassing means and shame her in the process. But it's Astrid. Like, do you guys remember that bitch, like, from the first film? She is so badass. She doesn't care. America Ferrera does an amazing job of voicing her, and I feel badly for her because, like, the first movie was so great, and she did such a great job, and now... The Christmas special and the sequel and like it's just her being like well this is dumb like I hope she knows yeah. that it's dumb and is like I'm just taking the paycheck now which is fine like which is absolutely fine yeah it's just like it was just sort of it was a major letdown yeah I think they just they need like an entirely different writing team if they're gonna I, I mean I doubt that they will make a how to train your dragon 3 I doubt that this movie will do very well because it's so awful but then again, they make sequels to everything, and so if they make a third one, you need to bring back either the original writing team or a team that is capable of writing characters. They could just hire us. You and I would would manage that shit. We would do a great job on a dragon movie. Yeah, it would be it would be great. Like I would I would cut out a lot of the uh, like the bullshit dragonness, so that like people who aren't dragon oriented would not freak out. But listen, some of that dragon shit in the first movie is what made that movie great. The whole, like, montage of him, like, getting to know Toothless and oh, them, like... absolutely. That right? stuff I loved. But, like, there will be no fucking psychic alpha dragons. No, that's fair. I thought psychic alpha dragon was really dumb. That was, like, unless that dragon is giving birth to all other dragons. Oh, also, can I just say, everyone is like, there are no other Night Furies. We have never found another Night Fury. And, like, when he meets his mom, she's like, oh, this might be the last Night Fury. And I'm like... Maybe the C plot of this movie, so it's like Astrid becomes cheap, Hiccup can be his own person, and maybe they find another Night Fury or two so that Toothless can, like, have another Night Fury lady pal or something. No, that literally never comes up again. No. Okay, so I think we've dumped on this movie quite a bit. Let's talk about stuff that we liked about it, and I have two very specific things that I really enjoyed about the film. Okay. Number one was I basically stopped paying attention to whatever was happening in the foreground of the scenes anytime like people were trying to have fucking feelings during this movie and focused on whatever they had Hiccup and the other dragons doing in the background. And it was awesome. It was really, really cute. I loved watching Hiccup and the other dragons interact at that part. They completely nailed. Um, between the dragon that Hiccup's mom was riding and some other dragons that they ran into, like Hiccup plus dragon was always great. Um, and the other part of this movie that I really, really unexpectedly liked was that the dragon pirate that we originally meet um, 
and Rough Nut. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. One of the twins and she's hilarious. She's trying like the two other like dragon riding friends of hiccups from the first movie are attempting to court her through absolutely absurd means. Right. And they're just like, great. Um, and she is hilarious about it. Like every time they say something about her, like beauty, she just makes the grossest face and is like, Oh, <laughs> she's so unimpressed. Funny. She's just, like, deeply unimpressed. She does not give two fucks about these guys. Right? But then they meet the dragon pirate. And she zones in on his muscles. It's just... It's just, like, giant shots of biceps. Yeah, like, straight up beefcake curving. And there's, like, a point later in the movie, like, during, like, peak... Uh, peak climactic action where like he's breaking like a dragon out of a trap and he's like are there people coming and she's like don't worry about it just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> I will say the follow up to that that I think is great is when those two stupid boys um, save her she's been like kicking ass the whole movie so at least she got something to do No, she's been great yeah but there is a point where they need to save her and they do together, and she looks up, and, like, these guys do not have muscles, like, at all. They're really dumb-looking, and she just looks at them and, like, suddenly sees them as attractive, and yeah. the shots of them, and they're, like, teenage, they're, like, just barely not teenage stubble. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, like, I was crying laughing. So great, and I also, also really enjoy kind of, like, the references to, like, how Tubna reacts to being courted. Like, her brother shows up occasionally and is like, she still hates you. Yeah. And then there's that one reference to, like, Tufna, didn't she try to bury you alive? Like, oh. <laughs> She's basically been, like, torturing them for the five years between the two movies, and they are so into it. <laughs> Which explains a lot, because, you know, What's-His-Face had that big crush on Astrid in the first movie, and she basically was exactly the same. She was like, I will destroy you. Well, I mean, like, it explains, like, how certain men have certain needs. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, so here's something that, like, I just could not stop thinking about. It's not good, it's not bad. It just, like, it really, it, like, it just, it stuck with me. In the first movie, there's this amazing scene where Hiccup's dad is trying to, like, tell him that he's proud of him. Because yeah. he's clearly getting so good at killing dragons. Right. And so he gives him this helmet. And Hiccup puts it on. He's like, cool, thanks. Like, this is actually a pretty great helmet. And his dad says, it's half of your mother's breastplate. At which point, like, Hiccup makes the most amazing, like, oh, fuck. Like, my mom's bra is essentially on my head. Oh, and my God. I totally forgot about that. And then he says... The other half, like, I'm wearing the other half. And I don't know if we've made this clear enough, but Stoic the Brave is, like, a giant fucking man with, like, a giant weirdly round head. And Hiccup is, like, a really skinny little boy, which means these two helmets are totally different sizes. And I was like, I wish that I could see what Hiccup's mom looks like, because it almost sounds like she cut off most of one boob in order to better fight dragons. Like, amazing. And then, in this movie, when you see his mom, she has two totally normal, like, I don't know, C-cup, identical boobs. And I was like, where's the big one? Like, literally, I could not stop thinking about her boobs. Every time that her boobs were on screen. You're judging me right now. I didn't even think about that. Is that not, like, like to me, that is a weirdly big plot hole. Oh, man. See, that just, like, it further gives credence to my whole thing where I think that, like, 
whoever wrote the first film had no relationship with the second film. It's like, that's the only reasonable explanation because I feel like that definitely would have been written in. I don't think that Kate Blanchett would mind if you made her character kind of awesome looking or weird or whatever, like having two differently sized boobs. Also, the first movie was all about, like, it's cool if you're an amputee. I think they would be totally fine with, like, having most of one boob cut off. There's, like, one throwaway line about how they have matching missing limbs. Well, it's more like, it's it's less that part, right? Like, which I agree, that's, like, kind of ridiculous that that was such a great part of the first movie um, that they just totally threw it away. But, like, I, that's, like, a throwaway joke that, like, someone in continuity should have caught. Yeah. Like, that's all it really comes down to, is that it's sloppy. Um, you could read some slightly more, like, sinister, angry point of view into that. Like, you could argue that, like, oh, they didn't want to draw, like, a fat lady who would be the type of person who would have that those boobs. It's not so much which is sinister like, as it is, like, mm, we don't think that works. Or, like, some, like, just, I have the image of, like, a producer being, like, that's not attractive. The end. Yeah, I mean, but then someone should have, like, fought for it. I mean, like, I keep thinking, every time I watch, like, a movie that is, like, an animated film and it displeases me, I always think about, like, would Disney have let this happen? Would Pixar have let this happen? And Disney and Pixar, even though they're owned, like, they're the same company, are really different beasts in terms of the final products that they create. Yeah. But they are both extremely polished and, like, very, very thoughtful beasts. So, like whatever comes out of a Disney thing has just like been spit shined to perfection. It's that attention to detail. Yeah. And whatever comes out of Pixar, in addition to the attention to detail also has this like deep emotional truth. Um, And I find Miyazaki to be like a lovely Trinity of this as well. Like it has the emotional truth. It has like the lovely fantastical stories. um, And it also has like, really beautiful art um and this movie had like the beautiful art and none of the other stuff like everything else about it was wonky and weird this is one of those things where i'm like what i want i mean the first thing is like are you telling a story that is like a human can relate to this because i mean i know that i am not the greatest example of a human but even i was like i'm not sure that this movie is for humans and i also don't think it's for dragons so who is it for I mean, it's for kids that, like, who can make their parents go see this movie eight times because there's, like, a giant, like, you know, there's, like, yay, it's dragons. Like, basically, like, the difference is that the first How to Train Your Dragon movie is a film that, like, the parents and older people in the audience would have enjoyed as well. This is a movie that, that, like, only kids are going to like. Yeah. Oh, and there's that dumb thing where, like, because baby dragons don't, obey anyone they can use them to fly back to Burke yeah that was the one where I was like yeah not buying it yeah I mean uh I really liked the costume design for the most part um Toothless's leveled up form is still cute like he's still you know a cute dragon um, I like the fact that they did that thing where she, like, presses down on his neck and he gets those, like, ruffles down his back that let him make sharper turns. Like, that was cool. How he doesn't know that? I don't know. Well, you know, for all we know, Toothless was raised by that giant evil dragon, who I guess is also an alpha in the first movie. 
I don't know. I mean, like, that that's also another dumb thing. That's true, that they did have that. At least that made sort of sense because it was working autonomously. Whatever. The point is that um, the... I just, I was really disappointed in this movie. I really did not enjoy it. Yeah, I would say, like, I mean, wait for it to come on Netflix, or if you somehow have the ability to see movies for free, like you work in a movie theater, then, yeah, sure, whatever. But, like, try not to pay money for this. This isn't a good movie. I would recommend you rewatch the first one. Yeah. Maybe watch the Christmas special. I mean, I still enjoy it, even though it's, like, 50% dumb. And, um, there's a lot of really cute How to Train Your Dragon fan art on Tumblr. That is true. Or you could, um, or you could, I don't know. I don't know what you could do. Yeah. Just don't watch this movie. Don't go, watch this go movie. Go listen to the Hot Fuzz DVD commentary and learn about how Cape Blanchett's eyes do so much acting. There's a lot of great dragon stuff out there. You can find some other dragons to, like, tide you over and then just, you know, rewatch the first one. Literally, the first one is so amazing. And this one is a piece of garbage. Oh, I saw a billboard on my way away from the movie that said, like, even funnier than the first one or something. Or, like, the most fun time. And I was like, that movie wasn't fun. That movie was really fucking depressing and not good. Yeah. It was not. uh, Yeah. I mean, do we have any, like, I guess we just went through our wrecks, which were all, like, don't get involved in this film. (laughs) Oh, and the first movie is all about found families, and this one has, like, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so in conclusion, guys, um, we didn't enjoy this movie. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else to say. Literally, have nothing. It's our sh- a short episode where we just told you, like, why this movie sucks. And some of you apparently like that, so you'll probably enjoy this episode, and that's <laughs> the most you can get out of this movie, other than some beautiful visuals. I'm sure there's some great gift sets out there. I mean, this movie was gorgeous. It was just not worth watching, which is a weird paradox. Yeah, yeah, that's... We should end this. We should. Um, Guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you miss us during the week, you can catch us on Twitter at Slash Report, or you can catch um, MK at Moonklutz and me at Often Imprudent. You can also look uh, look us up on Tumblr at Slash Report, even though we don't post anything there. Um, and we will catch you on the flip side, uh, where we will be doing our ask us anything episode. So keep sending your questions in. This is going to be an omnibus, really long one. It looks like. So, um, yeah, you guys are weird. (laughs) That's, that's all we have to say. Bye. Bye. temporary penis conversation. I hate.